This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. Economist, author, journalist and political analyst Loretta Napoleoni is internationally recognised for her leading work on the financing of terrorism. She's among the few economists who predicted the credit crunch and the recession. She advises several banks on strategies to counter the current crisis. Her latest book is Maonomics, with the subheading Why Chinese Communists Make Better Capitalists Than We Do. In her lecture, she argued that what is taking place in China is the collapse of capitalism and victory for communism with a profit motive. Afterwards, Dr. Napoleoni agreed that Maonomics is more about the West than China, which has reaped the benefits of Western-invented globalization and deregulation, while the West itself stumbles from crisis to crisis. She was not surprised that the Chinese were approached to bail out the euro, and she certainly was not surprised that they've refused to get involved. The Chinese are not interested in simply lending money. They want something back, which is a program of growth, that we're not producing. We haven't produced, at least in the last two years. Are you surprised that the European leaders had to go to China, had the nerve to go to China and say, can we have money, please? No, I'm not surprised at all, actually. I thought, you know, what's going to happen sooner or later. Um, Studying China did um, convince me that the development of China is unstoppable, meaning we are facing a major, major shift in the balance of powers in the world, whereby you know China for sure is going to be the largest economy, uh, and it will take over the U.S. as the largest economy in the next ten to twenty years. So of course they have to go to China to ask for money because that's the only place where the money are. At least you know that large amount of money that they need. You made the point, and I'll go back to it, because you made it just a few seconds ago, and that is that that if Europe wants Chinese money, Europe has to do something. Yes, um, Europe has to produce a plan for economic growth. The problem of Europe is not the debt. It is the fact that Europe doesn't grow, or at least doesn't grow enough. So the debt is a consequence of the lack of growth. And of course, you know, because Europeans are used to a certain kind of living standard, the debt has compensated the lack of growth. If you take a country like Italy, Italy has not grown, basically, since, you know, the mid-1990s. So how can this country maintain a certain living standard, which is very similar to the living standard of the Germans, for example, which have been growing at, you know, 3 to 4%. The answer is the debt. So what the Chinese want, they want a solution of the debt through growth, which, of course, we're not producing. Aren't they impressed with the efforts of the ECB? (laughs) I don't think so. I think that the Chinese um, are very aware of the danger of finance, of high finance, the kind of... uh, advanced finance that we have and this is why they're extremely reluctant to open up uh, um, their economy to you know the world uh, of finance um, imagine if tomorrow the Chinese would say okay you know anybody can invest in China and anybody can buy our stocks on the Shanghai stock exchange we'll have a massive amount of hot money you know moving there which of course is going to destabilize uh, the economy so 
the Chinese also remembering what's happened in the Asian crisis uh, um, in the late 90s, uh, they don't want that to happen. You studied China very carefully over a number of years, especially for the preparation of, of this book, Maonomics. What are the lessons that we in the West should learn, can draw? Well, I think, you know, the lesson uh, of China is uh, that the Chinese are very pragmatic and very flexible. So they had an economic system which was communism that clearly did not work. It was not producing the growth that the country needed in order to industrialize and modernize. So they decided to adapt that model to the needs of the country. And industrialization could only take place through attracting foreign capital. Therefore, they decided to create their own capitalist enclaves inside China to attract this capital and offer, of course, this capital cheap labor. Uh, you know, this is incredible if you think about it, because it was a communist country, which actually allowed exploitation of labor to foreign capitalists. It's almost a contradiction in terms, and yet it worked. So I think that's what we should learn from China, flexibility, adaptability to the needs, and also a, a sort of vision. Now, of course, all of this you know, took place because they had a vision which was to modernize China. Um, so we also need to have a vision. What is the vision of Europe today? I, you know, I don't know. In your leadership lecture, you drew a parallel with the Industrial Revolution in the West. Yes, because what really happened in China after 1989 with the creation of the Special Economic Zone was to recreate some of the condition of the Industrial Revolution. Uh, so we have this cheap labor, which was freed um, through the introduction of mobility, which, of course, did not exist. So people from the countryside could migrate to the special economic zone and go and work in the factories. And then, on the other hand, you know, the conditions to attract um, foreign capitals were not only cheap labor, but also the possibility uh, to rent land uh, at rock-bottom prices, so to produce at rock-bottom prices. Um, and this is very much what has taken place with enclosures uh, during the Industrial Revolution. Now, the consequences, of course, have been exploitation, environmental degradation, very similar to what happened during the Industrial Revolution. Let's not forget that if we achieve democracy in the West, it is because of the Industrial Revolution. So these are the foundation of a better life for the future generation, which is you know, what, of course, the Chinese are hoping for. You predict that China, instead of going outwards for the next 10 years, is now going to concentrate on its internal mechanisms, its internal structures, and its internal economies. Yeah, and that's the difference between England uh, of you know, the 18th century and, and China of the 21st century. Now, England was a tiny little country. China is a continent. Uh, it has 1.3 billion people. It does not need to go outwards. Uh, it can actually concentrate inwards and still a potentially massive, massive market. And I think that's something that we don't um, think about, um, about the difference between China and the rest uh, of the Western countries who have gone through the Industrial Revolution and who have gone through uh, modern capitalism. Um, all these countries needed, uh, depended upon 
uh, the export market. Uh, China potentially as the export market uh, on its doorstep. In addition to talking about uh, about China watching very carefully what's going on within and with the eurozone and with the euro itself, you made the point that not only is it watching carefully, it's also looking at the way in which the West is trying to put pressure on Syria, the way it dealt with Libya uh, and other nations. I think you know the Chinese are very concerned about the way the West. Uh, has been maintaining the balance of power, um, especially in the peripheral areas. So we're talking about the Middle East specifically. Uh, the behavior of the West in Libya was highly criticized by the Chinese because the mandate of the non-flight zone did not include regime change. But then in reality, the West always gets carried away because you know the West knows only this way of foreign policy in times of major crisis, which is, you know, okay, you know, regime change or, you know, nation building. Look, Iraq is the latest example of a nation building. Now, China does not like that at all. On the contrary, China is afraid of that kind of behavior because the Chinese believe that if you want a regime change, you have to bring it from within. And the Chinese have 5,000 years of history of revolution, changing from one dynasty to another. So that, I think, is going to be a major change the day in which China, of course, will be the superpower, the major change in the way a foreign policy will be conducted in the peripheral areas. Loretta Napoleoni, thank you very much. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.